Is QuickBooks slowing your business down? Do you have challenges managing inventory, project profitability, or just getting paid fast enough? Get your business to a better place and graduate to NetSuite today. Stop paying for multiple systems that don't give you the information you need when you need it. Ditch the spreadsheets and all the old software you've outgrown. Now is the time to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. NetSuite gives you visibility and control over your financials, HR, inventory, e-commerce, and more. Everything you need, all in one place, instantaneously. Whether you're doing a million or hundreds of millions in revenue, save time and money with NetSuite. Join the over 24,000 companies using NetSuite right now. Let NetSuite show you how they'll benefit your business with a free product tour at netsuite.com info. Schedule your free product tour right now at netsuite.com info, netsuite.com info. Today on the ZabeCast, Super Bowl stories where just getting every player safely to the game has been more than a challenge more than once. We've got Notorious J.A.Y. to help explain Kendrick Lamar to me, the Blake Griffin trade, Tom Brady's daughter, and Radio Row hijinks. All that plus who pays for Twitter followers. You got an hour to kill, then buckle up and let's go. Here we go. Well, 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 Commissioner Clown knows himself is going to roll up his sleeves and get busy fixing the catch rule this offseason. January 30th, 2018 edition of the ZabeCast. Thank you for joining me. The notorious J-A-Y will be by in just a minute. And we're going to go over a broad range of stories, including the Grammys, Super Bowl Media Week, past days at Fox Sports Radio, Tom Brady, his daughters, his daughter, I should say, as well as Blake Griffin being traded, a trade that rocked the NBA on Monday night. Get to all that in just a second. First, though, this Commissioner Goodell bit of news that came out Monday. He was on Colin Cowherd's radio show and said about the catch rule, quote, I'm not just somewhat concerned, I am concerned. Oh, well, thank goodness for that. When asked about if the, is the rule too confusing for fans, he goes on, blah, 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 blah. You want there to be clarity from an officiating standpoint, from a coaching standpoint, from a player standpoint, Blah, 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 blah. Clarity, clarity, clarity. He then ends up by saying, then what happens is it's not the rule that people really want. He convened five Hall of Famers and several other players to say, well, what what do you think about this? And Goodell said to Coward, one of our Hall of Fame receivers said it well to me when he said a couple years ago, fans want catches. Oh, yeah? Fans want catches. Well, then just make one foot in bounds. Or if a receiver has the ball for a split second, call to catch. See, what Goodell either refuses to understand or either he refuses to acknowledge or he doesn't understand is that this is a Chinese finger trap of the rules connected to replay. When you have the luxury of replay, looking at every scoring play, then you can start writing these very detailed rules about what is or is not a catch. Two feet, possession, element of time, survive the ground, continuous control, blah, 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 blah. And then you go look at it on video, and okay, for most catches, you're like, that's pretty clear. And then you get the ones that fall into the cracks. And it may only be two or three or five or eight catches a year out of thousands of catches in the NFL. But if it's a catch that determines a game like the one between Pittsburgh and New England, and it tips home field advantage in the playoffs, whoop, the other way, that's a big problem. And the more you look at things with better frame rates, 240 frames per second plus, super high definition, you're going to see more stuff. And you're going to be able to go, well, that might, might have lost control there, or it might have touched the ground. And so what they're going to do, probably, knowing the NFL, they're going to layer on another rule. They're going to slap another rule on top of this, like a like another slapdash coat of paint on the catch rule, and they are going to say, there, we fixed it. 
because they're going to go back and say, well, the Calvin Johnson catch, we're going to write a rule this way, and then the Dez catch, and now the Jesse James catch. Those are all catches that happen. Those are all unique snowflake catches. There's going to be new catches that are new snowflakes of, well, he touched with his foot, and then he twisted, and then he got hit, and then he flipped, and then the ball was under, and it's going to be a new incident. And someone, Alberto Riveron, if he's still there at the time, is going to have to sit there, look in front of a TV, and go, catch or no catch. And millions of dollars will change hands on that decision. Home field advantage might change hands on that decision. And millions of people might go away from watching an NFL game thinking, well, that sucks. That was no way to decide a game. But you keep believing in replay, people, because it is your religion. It is your false god. I hate to blaspheme your false god. Our Super Bowl stories this week, day two. This story is as old as time, and it's happened now three times in a high-profile way at the Super Bowl. And the story is the dreaded night before. you got to watch out for the night before the Super Bowl. In fact, okay, night before, two nights before as well. Three cases. Eugene Robinson. Everyone remembers him prior to Super Bowl 33 in Miami. Eugene Robinson, number 41, safety for the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons had to come into the game having upset the Minnesota Vikings on the road after Gary Anderson missed that field goal. Probably the best Viking team that they've had up there in a long time. It was Randy Moss at the peak of his powers. Dante Culpepper was a pro bowler. Uh, they should have gone to the Super Bowl. They didn't. So the Falcons were hot. They committed the game, and they figured to give Denver a good run for their money. Well, Eugene Robinson, who had just been given the Athletes in Action Bart Starr Award for the player who exemplifies outstanding character, got busted for offering an undercover cop 40 bucks for Lewinsky the night before the game. It made big headlines, and the Falcons got blown out of the building, including a big bomb early in the game, first quarter, right over who? Eugene Robinson, trailing Rod Smith, number 80. You'll see the pictures, 41, hopelessly trailing him. Players on the team tried to say it wasn't a big deal. They just weren't the better team that night, but let's not kid ourselves. It threw the Falcons into turmoil, and poor Dan Reeves, who had survived a heart attack, or heart surgery, I should say, that year, missed five games, Came back during the season. He became the only coach in Super Bowl history to lose it four times with different teams. Marv Levy lost it four times with one team the night before. Oh, by the way, several Falcons said that a number of players on the team had gone to the seedy part of Miami during the week and that basically Eugene was the only guy who got caught because he looked maybe like the guy who probably shouldn't be there. I mean, handsome guy, family man articulate what what are you do award winner what are you doing barrett robbins super bowl 37 2003 in san diego two days before the big game lineman barrett robbins was a wall went a wall with the raiders couldn't find him this was the callahan coached raiders as chucky gruden was facing his, his old team with tampa Tampa ends up killing Oakland for a variety of reasons, including the fact he knew all their line calls and play calls. Bill Callahan was probably overmatched from the get-go. But in addition to that, it didn't help that Barrett Robbins went missing. Now, Barrett Robbins had severe mental problems, drug problems, you name it. Ended up getting into a wicked fight down, wicked, what am I, from Boston? A hellacious conflict and fight with security guards in Miami got shot three times, was in a coma, ended up surviving the coma, coming out of the coma, did a bunch of time in jail for drug problems. A very troubled soul went missing two nights before and couldn't play in the game. A number of Raiders were outwardly pissed at him, including Frank Middleton, who said, if Robbins comes back next year, I won't. I don't want to rely on some cat next to me making it to the game. We're a family. Of course, they didn't really know the extent of his mental problems. Until later. And then there was running back Stanley Wilson, running back for the Cincinnati Bengals, who went missing before Super Bowl twenty-three in 1989 in Miami against the San Francisco 49ers. He was a drug addict, had a very bad cocaine problem, and 
relapsed the night before. He told some players he was going to go get a playbook and left the team and was found in a hotel, bathroom, some seedy place in town, uh, found by his position coach, Jim Anderson, in the middle of a deep cocaine high. Bengals had no choice but leave him off the roster, and according to Sam White, she believes that could have helped them in their loss to the 49ers. Would also helped if Lewis Billups had not dropped that stone-cold pick that would have made Joe Montana, at least for one night, a goat and not a G-O-A-T, greatest of all time. We got him a day early this week. He's accommodating our schedule. My brother from another mother, the Notorious, J-A-Y. Hello, Jay. Hello, Zayden. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I'm going to actually adjust the compression on my microphone because mm-hmm. it's too much compression. Can you tell the difference? Sounds weird to me. Not going to lie. Nope. Meanwhile, you just listen to some Peter Gabriel for two quick seconds, okay? (laughs) All right, I'm working on the acoustics. By the way, I told our engineer, Pat, I'm like, Pat, my mic on my home studio now sounds too wet. Can you help me out with the settings? And he goes, what do you mean wet? Are you (laughs) licking it? I said, no, it just sounds wet, you know, with my... wet microphone before we start i have to give you kudos i was it it was saturday afternoon walking the dog we usually do a good mile and a half on saturday and i listened to the episode with you and bob and brian i have not enjoyed that many podcasts in my life like i enjoyed that that one and i'm and i'm in the words of uh the wolf from pulp fiction i'm not you know, blowing you two, we three. That was a great episode. Nice, that thank was you. Good. And you got to learn the backstory of my I relationship with him, and behind the music of all that. Yes, did not know you were always looking over your shoulder for the Dan Patrick kill shot. Of course, that fucker's going to come in on my job. They almost replaced me for him, and they I, they're like, "That was never going to happen." I go, "Oh, it was happening." Your GM told me, "I'm really sorry, but this is happening." And, and it didn't happen at the last minute because, once again, contractual obligations snagged Dan Patrick from coming back. But he entertained the thought, and those guys like to say we would have stopped it. But they would have killed it in the crib a lot earlier if they could have, but they didn't. But that's neither here nor there. And, and last thing, you, you uh, Dan Pugh, or, or, or what was his brother? What was his, Dave sorry. Pugh. Dave Pugh. Yeah. You got him right. He was a hatchet man. Oh, he came oh, in. He was so slash nice, and burnt. So nice. So, so nice. nice. That's because you oh, don't see it coming. Grim Reaper. Don't Good see it coming. Anyway, All right. My brother from another mother, yes. notorious J.A.Y., former producer of the Steve Zabin Live show on Fox Sports Radio, current producer of the Brett Hollander show on WBAL oh, in Baltimore. Show, experience. Experience. And, of course, Steeler fan and runner-up state finals and team break dancing his <laughs> senior year at Mount St. Joe's High School. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Does anyone still break dance? I don't. You know what? No, that's true. In Asia, it's really big now. Really? Yes. In Asia, Funny. it's huge. Asians are fanatic about something odd. So racist. What's wrong with being fanatic about something? There's nothing break. wrong with being fanatic about that's, something. That's true. Okay, so let me ask this first. How many Super Bowls did you come with when producing my show? I forget. Two. Which ones? Detroit and. Ooh, I wasn't in Detroit, bro. No, was it? What was the one? Houston. Nor- Houston must have been one. And, did you? Did you have Jacksonville? Remember the, Jacksonville? the Houston one where you had dinner with Rusty Harden, who was the attorney for Oh Roger Clemens, Clemens. and every big what? name Houstonite. He was like, hey, you Yankee sons of bitches. He was literally that guy. <laughs> exactly. And okay, so Houston and Jacksonville? And Jacksonville. Jacksonville oh, is yeah, Jacksonville. where you discovered that racism exists. Whoa, wait a minute. Remember, you don't How remember? so? Okay, Do tell. Me, you, Someone treated you badly, and I'm like, hey, man, it's my producer. You and, me, you, and Scott Lynn, we were getting a little knickknacks from the... The little uh, store, the Super Bowl oh, store. Oh, yeah. It was three of us and all you, together. And and they, they dispatched somebody. Uh, we have yes. a Afro-American. Be, please tail him. 
and yeah. they come over to me. It's three of us all together. It's brutal. And I had a sweatshirt. By the way, I still have that sweatshirt. And they were like, uh, sir, you're going to need to pay for that. And I'm like, I'm going to pay for it. <laughs> then I look at you two with my You were holding it out. in your hands? Yeah, I was holding it in my hands. And I look at you two like, see? See what it is? This is you what it what? is. You know what? I'm ashamed business. that happened. I'm ashamed I didn't take a knee way back then. <laughs> I wasn't as woke then, but I'm, a, I'm more woke now. And I'm sorry that happened. But I had, it was the worst. People have said. because I Worst Super Bowl experience ever. No question about it. Because <laughs> Jacksonville couldn't host the game. They didn't have enough hotel rooms. Didn't have enough taxis. Or strip clubs. Nothing. Well, <laughs> there was that one we had to go way. Remember how far away we went to find it? It was like if it was it was like going to Porky's, the movie Porky's. It was like that. <laughs> I re- do you remember getting in the cab that was not a cab, it was a it was Lincoln like a, Yes. It yes. was a Lincoln Continental with a wooden plywood sign on the roof attached by bungee cords that said taxi. And we were waiting so long we're like this is a murder vehicle. I'm not getting in this. <laughs> But we got in anyway and said, well, we can't wait any longer. And it was cold all week, too. And it, it was rained. brutal. It was Oh, it, was not it a... sucked. It sucked. And then, it and totally were... sucked. And we were staying in this weird-ass condo with very little furniture, no lobby, no amenities that they rented because that was the only place you could rent other than being on a cruise boat parked in the harbor. That was bad. And if you remember, we were like one of the few. This was way before... People went all out for Super Bowl week. So it was us. And if you remember, Mike and the Mad Dog were right next to us in the no morning. No kidding. I mean, in the afternoon. But in the morning, it was just us and, like, nobody else. There was one morning I distinctly remember us doing the show, and you could hear somebody running the vacuum uh, in the vacuum. coffee maker. Yes. yes that was yeah. it. Because like, nobody was around from 6 to 9, but they would still send us as a show. Now, I just sent you a picture on your uh, – cellular phone i need Please, you to look at me it point, pointing at okay Chris no no it's no it's oh there was that picture yeah you, you were pointing at berman's bald spot when yes. he wasn't looking i was like here let me take a picture of this jay <laughs> okay so here's the fox sports oh. radio set i'm angry all of i'm angry for one reason well be first of all because it's got clay travis there there you go as the host but they use that for all of their fox sports radio programs now that set, Jay, is spectacular. That looks like a network television studio set with a jumbotron screen, big aluminum stadium-like scaffolding that surrounds it. The whole schmear. When we worked for Fox Sports Radio, when we were busting our ass to get ne- get the network off the ground, did they have that set up for us? We just had like a, a, a cardboard table. We had a table like every other schnook station that was out there in America everyone else and we just we just missed it we missed it the new regime they're finally they finally embraced radio at fox sports when we were at fox sports radio fox sports television looked down at us like oh yeah we don't they wouldn't let us have troy aikman because he only had like three permitted radio interviews per year according to his contract do you you don't i don't think you were on this call but we got we had a producer's call, and I was well, the, only guy the, fun. the only guy on the East Coast. And I remember getting a call, hey, we just we just got Jay Glazer. And I go, oh, great. big get, right? And I go, I know, great, can we get him for our show? And here, here's what I was met with. <laughs> He's not going to get up that early. So what's the point? <laughs> right, who what's cares? The point? Right, who cares about Jay Glazer then? Exactly. But and now, I, But now Fox Sports and Fox Sports Radio have finally figured out, hey, we ought to be sleeping with each other on the regular because it's good cross promotion. I said but that. But literally, when when twenty you, years ago, I know when you and I 13. twenty, yeah, two thousand four ish, two thousand yeah ish. Yeah. So anyway, no one wants to hear about us bitching about a free trip to the Super Bowl. Oh, we had fun, but the I mean, not like they do now. I remember, like, and all the ESPN people. It was before they separated themselves, so you would see them at Radio Row. You know, yeah, I, re- I remember having they, right. a, having a Cinnabon with oh what oh what is her name? She does a lot of West Coast stuff. She had cancer. 
Holly oh, Rowe? Not Holly. Had Holly Rowe. A lot, lot of the gals at ESPN have had cancer. Thank God but they've this, all kind of oh, come through it. I cannot think of her name, but we had a Cinnabon. We had a great conversation. Jarrett Bell from USA Today. Yep. I met him there. We're still friends to this Smooth day. Jarrett. Smooth Jarrett. Love Jarrett. It's just the people you meet, some of them are good. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Frazier. Yeah, now doing big time stuff for uh, Access Hollywood. Yeah. So, yeah. So anyway, you have been there at Radio Row. I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to this because they put Radio Row in a food court mall, in Ooh. a mall food court. The Mall of America is where they're hosting Radio Row. I've heard it's the biggest mall in America, Dave. It is. What I've heard. And they put it in the food court. And so I thought I would assemble the all 22 of food court restaurants, like a starting 22 offense and defense for food court. Everything from Sabaro to Walk King Orange to, to uh, what's the Panda Express, Panda Express. Sarku Japan, uh, Ruby Thai, oh, uh, Philly Mrs. Cheese Steaks. Mrs. Ann's Pretzels. Aunt, no, Auntie Ann's. Auntie Ann's. Mrs. Uh, Ann's Pretzels. What, what, what's the cookie place? You rook. Oh, that'd be uh, Famous Amos Cookies. No, just kidding. That's a different <laughs> cookie guy. Uh, Mrs. Fields. Mrs. Fields. Thank yeah, you. There exactly. You go. Right. And and I used to go to the, I mean, I love the food you court. so much. all of them. I did because I'm a junk food addict. And so I would go to the food court and go, I'm in my element. Oh, what will I choose? <laughs> and I would stroll past the sample from one of the Chinese places with their bourbon chicken. And you know what the bourbon chicken is? It's the worst part of the chicken. The dark meat part, no offense, Jay, of the chicken that's put through a fucking blender with cartilage in it, and then they douse it in that bourbon sauce that don't is care. so irresistible. Nom, nom, yeah, nom, don't nom, care. Nom. And you spit out the gristle. You're like, oh, oh there's a kneecap right there. <laughs> okay, give me some more. Give me some rice. Good no, stuff. Nothing. There's got to be a Chick-fil-A there also. Uh, yeah, not open on Sunday though. I don't. You know, I, I friends are yelling at me because they said you you're not taking a stand against Chick Fil A, and they're they're anti home. I was like, I don't care. The chicken's delicious. <laughs> the chicken delicious, I don't care. man. Exactly. I don't care. Just like the slow service at Popeyes, I don't care. I, that spicy from Popeyes is so good. Doesn't matter. They're the one of the worst serve times in all the fast food industry. May, may I'll I, wait. May I tell you the best thing at Popeyes, and not a lot of people get this, but again, I'm Cajun funny. dirty rice. Nope, the okay. onion rings. Oh, onion the rings. onion rings at Popeyes. They are like like a lane in the episode where she had the soup. I <laughs> the first time I had the uh, the onion rings, I had to sit down. That's how I good had they to were. Sit down. That's how good the onion rings at Popeyes are. Get okay, those. we got a lot of stuff to cover today. Uh, from the game itself, you're going to get on record with your actual pick, as well as score MVP side lo- uh, any side note predictions. I'll let you get that in there. I got questions that you wished you had the balls to ask at media day, uh, as well as this uh, Blake Griffin trade, which just rocked the sports world and the NBA on Monday night, and some other random stuff. Plus, of course, FTG for the week. Uh, we both have a good FTG for the week. But let's start with the Grammys. So. Jay Cottrell texts me during the Grammys. Let me call up our exchange here, shall we, for the record? Okay. Not sure if you're watching the Grammys, but I have a feeling I'm going to need to explain Kendrick Lamar to you. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, I said, bah, saw it with the sound off. Probably a lot of cop slash Trump bashing. There was then an uncomfortable delay of silence from Jay. Oh, no, 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 no. And I'm thinking... I don't think I went out of bounds no, there. No, you were not. No, I was at every every Sunday. Our family gets together, a la Soul Food, and we all eat together. Oh, nice! And so I was watching that out of one eye and multitasking and, and multi- catching right, my right. texts and everything right, else. Right, okay, right. so there was no, but it was. But I saw that and I was like, oh, I guess I'm going to have to bone up on this. Yeah, because there's questions coming. I said, is there? I also said, is there a remedial course for the hopelessly white asking for a friend? No, no. And then I'm like, a lot of rich white folks standing applause for a black guy fake shooting a bunch of other black guys. I'm going to need a full <laughs> pamphlet on this one. And on another note, I said, who is ever going to tell Lady Gaga it's over, honey? Move along. You said to me, as a straight, non-white male, I'm not supposed to understand Lady Gaga. I, yeah, I, I I've never understood people's fascination with her. Well, let's she, put Gaga to the side. I won't explain her, but I'll just say what I know about Gaga. 
in a second. Not that I'm a huge monster, as they call her fans. But let's start with Kendrick Lamar. Did we not talk about uh, his style of rap being called Step? We and did not. Oh, maybe I had that conversation with my other <laughs> black friend. <laughs> no, I think it came up in the show. I think a texter told me that there's a certain type, a style of rap. It's called Step, right? I, or, or not I, Step, I, some other short four-letter word. Trap. It, trap, that's what it is. Thank trap you. is not Kendrick Lamar. That's, oh, it's that, not. It's not Trap. Okay, who did the halftime at the national championship game? That was Kendrick also. Someone said he does trap. Trap trap would be Migos, if you know who Migos is. They're the most – I'm sure your daughters have them on their iTunes. Here's how trap goes. Ready? Did it, did it, da. Did it, did it, da. You know what? But it, but it, boo. Okay. Right? That, Isn't that, that trap? Is, that is, that is trap. But Kendrick, That's sort of the basic rhythm that right is, there. That is, that is the cadence to it. But, the, but Kendrick, who, by the way, I'm going to say, I scouted Kendrick in about 2012. And I saw him once. I was like, that guy's going to be good. He doesn't, he can do any style you want. Okay. Is, is my point. All right. I'm going to give you uh, a little Migos here. How about that? Oh, and you I can hate you, you, you do? I okay. hate them. This is called stir fry. Uh, stir fry <laughs> from There we go. Not, see that's not really track. The auto tune action there. Yeah, not really trap. I'm trying to like um Lil Uzi Vert. That's trap. Uh, who who is the king of auto tune in the rap oh, world? That was T Pain. T Pain, yeah, that's right. The king, yes. It was like, hey T Pain, lay off the auto tune, man. Right, right, we get it. But but Kendrick is if I if I my favorite artist right now. I kind of like this song right now. I'm gonna put this on my. <laughs> I'm gonna put this one on my playlist. Migos stir fry. Okay, so Kendrick Lamar here was his opening number, and it involved a little cut in from U two. And it involved a weird cutaway. With Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle. Get didn't get it. Just standing there. He hosted the show, right, Dave Chappelle? No, James Corden did. Oh, you're right. You're right. So Chappelle was just there. He got an award, Chappelle, right? First time he got a Grammy? Yeah, it was. but he just did like an interlude on this Kendrick performance. It made no sense. Off the album Damn, by the way. Okay. What song is this? That one I could not figure out. Special performance, maybe? Special song, perhaps? Doesn't say on this YouTube video. Now, I told Jay, I said, it's going to take me a long time to learn these lyrics, but I'm going to give it my best effort because <laughs> he rattles through a lot of them really quick. Now you can understand all of these lyrics. No, I can I can understand it, but there's a lot of verses. That's the only thing. Homies, I heard that. <laughs> I am impressed by the group dancers. I really am. There's you know, a lot of them. You know, every one of those dudes is a really good dancer, and they fight like crazy for jobs like this. Just to be like every one the of these Grammy guys, dancer. every one of these 50 guys that made the Grammys are like, this is my huge break. Somebody will see me. This could go on my reel. Well, yeah. And, and and they're like, well, which one are you? I'm like, I'm the guy in the soldier outfit, fourth from the back row. <laughs> well, you look like everyone else. There's 50 of you guys. <laughs> yeah, but I was the best, man. I was on. I was on time. Okay, here comes Bono, Bono. and the Edge. As a big or U2 is it fan, Bono and, and Edge. As a big U2 fan, I'm sick of Bono. Question? Yes. Are they naturalized American citizens? I don't think so. I think they're still. Do Irish? they live primarily in the U.S. or overseas? We would have to look that up. Do they okay. have dual citizenship? I did see I the Joshua know. Tree tour last. The uh, the 25, 25, 25 year reunion. Okay, so explain Kendrick Lamar to me. Go. 
right now the best in the game, better than Jay-Z. Um, okay. Yeah, if, if you had uh, aliens come down and go, give me what hip-hop sounds like today, I would give you who does Kendrick butterfly. Who does Kendrick Lamar remind you Ooh, of from past? Great question. Thank you. I he, love when white guys ask good questions. He's very L.A. He's, very, he's from L.A., very L.A. Okay. He's smart, though. Who would he be? Uh, KRS-One of the West Coast. And you, you KRS-One, know, I've heard of that guy. Okay, he would be KRS-One of the West Coast if you asked me. But he is my favorite right now. Where did he come from, Kendrick Lamar? He's from Lamar. Compton. Oh, yeah, straight out of Compton. Straight out of Compton. Okay. Yes. And is Compton still producing good rappers? Sort Not of like, like is Florida still producing good football <laughs> players? Does the Dominican still the... produce shortstops? <laughs> No, right. not like they used to. Does Haiti produce hard workers when they make it to America? <laughs> yes. They'll work three jobs. You kidding they, me? They don't produce like they used to, not like NWA. Because oh, really? Any, any fool can be an artist now. It doesn't take talent anymore. You, well, you just got to have a lot of hits on YouTube. All right, when there's you some, say Kendrick. There's some shitty music right now. <laughs> no kidding. In all, in all genres. Yes, but in all genres. shitty hip hop. All right, so question. When. You, when I hear Kendrick Lamar and I hear him rattling off those lines, mm-hmm. okay, him being good and better than the rest is because A, he writes better, correct? Yes. Yes. And B, he can deliver it in yes. a way that has more flair, more staccato, more precision, more whatever. Because you're not judging rappers on their tonality, they're not hitting notes. No. I Maybe. judge on content and delivery. Okay. That's what I judge on. Do rappers ever have guys write shit for them? Uh, they say they don't, but they do, okay. i.e. Drake. Okay. They're, and, called, they're called ghostwriters. Okay. So, and they and they just don't admit that they ever give song credits to? No. 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 <laughs> no. But it's widely known that, like, uh, I hate to, a lot of female artists have ghostwriters. Oh, really? Yes. And how would you know which songs from which artists are ghostwritten? Uh, I can, well, I can hear some stuff and go, you didn't write that. Like some, do you remember Foxy Brown? Yes. She had some stuff and I'm like, there is no way you wrote about sports references in this Foxy. You were, this was written for you. That Stuff like, <laughs> you can hear stuff and go, this was, you didn't write this. Okay. Thank you though. Okay, top three rap artists that white kids like my daughter are into. One, uh, one, little, little Uzi Vert, Eminem. No, oh, I'm, like, I'm talking all time. Oh, all time. That your daughter would like, or you? My daughter's already listening to Eminem. Okay. Oh, does your daughter like Jay Z? Don't know yet. Haven't dug that far into her iPhone. I'm guessing though she likes. Uh, she probably likes. Like I said, little Uzi Vert. All the kids. Eminem, Fifty Cent. No, your daughter does not like Fifty. No, stop. <laughs> Who it. does like him? No, he's he, he middle-aged white in, dudes like me. I don't think he's a thing anymore. He's more of an actor now. Do you see where he made a lot of money on Bitcoin? I did yeah, right before I got in <laughs> <laughs> by accident. He's by like, accident. he's like, yeah. damn, I did that record for Bitcoin and shit. I'm rich now. What, what I mean, artist? I'm richer than I was before. No, I'm trying to what um white guy. What white, what is the what is the most palatable rap? For white guys, jeez, that's saying a lot. What do you make of white Will guys? Will Smith. Will Smith. <laughs> there you Parents go. just don't understand. <laughs> there you go, Will Smith. <laughs> what uh, What do you make of white guys like my buddy Al Galdi, quoting rap lyrics? But Galdi, Galdi knows his stuff. He like, does. I, I can go. I Galdi and, and remember our, our friend uh, who works for uh, Channel. It was a Channel Nine. Uh, Frank Hanrahan, Channel Four. Hanrahan knows rap. Hanrahan knows his stuff. Married to a black woman. Black and white cookie. Did you know that? <laughs> I'm dropping some knowledge on you. You didn't know that? I did know that. Okay. I didn't think that was a reason to bring that, but okay. I, what? I can't bring up I can't bring up beautiful interracial love? <laughs> Especially when white dude who's a handsome guy like Frank marries a black woman? That's beautiful, man. That, that That's a 2%, you know... Uh, marriage right there. That's one you don't see. No, it's it's but usually like, the other like way around. Prince, like Prince Harry. Uh-huh. But Frank knows his stuff. And, okay. And Galdi. No, right. I, I, I don't shake my head at Galdi and go, poser. No, how do you Galdi feel about, knows his stuff. How do you feel about uber white Jay Billis quoting 
Jay lyrics. Billis knows his stuff also, okay. and I was shocked that Jay Billis knows his stuff. He quotes Young Jeezy, mm-hmm. and that's not got to like go to work. And that's not like quoting Will Smith. That's no, you know, that's stuff you got to really listen to. So, how do you counter criticism from guy? You know, Jay Z obviously called out Trump, and that's nothing new there. Uh, that's not from, very shocking. No, it's right. It's a very safe position, but people then quickly dig up Jay Z lyrics that are not so flattering and say, oh, you're offended because in a private meeting Trump allegedly said that some countries are shithole countries, and yet, ooh, look at this lyric from you, Jay-Z, about, you know, fucking bitches and throwing them to the side and slapping them around and all this other stuff. How do you counter that argument, Jay? I'm just asking. I don't – there's no argument for that, but that is the culture that he was raised in. That's not the culture that Donald Trump was raised in. Okay. And then I I do love – You know, the argument, the counter to that would be, yes, but Jay-Z is profiting off of selling albums to kids who will then mimic these lyrics and have a and have a worldview of women that is not the way it should be. But if you listen to him, he has evolved from where he started to where he is now cuz he says, "I have a daughter now. I can't be saying that." Oh, and that's yeah. why I say all hip hop artists have a shelf life. You can't be angry when you're living in a mansion anymore. That's kind of Eminem hard. Is not well, you can gr- you can be He's angry. You just get you, you get angry at Consuela and the help. You know, <laughs> right. you, you storm out of your mansion but, and you start bitching about the landscaping. But your 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 overall your edge is gone. Right, your overall exactly. view on things is a little different than what it was when you were eating grilled cheese sandwiches that you were heating up. Exactly. You know, heating up on, on a. Uh, <laughs> On a whatever. Yeah. On a tin pan. Right. There All right. you go. So the second video I found about Kendrick Lamar on YouTube was, of course, some crank job who just wanted to complain about it. Here, take a listen. These these award ceremonies are always really bad. They've always been a white guy. Of course it is. And <laughs> egotistical and celebrating this. Demonic celebrity culture. Let me just get into this and get through it. Black guy complaining about country music. Can't do it. (laughs) So Kendrick Lamar comes out and it's bathed in patriotism, the flag, and all this sort of American symbolism. And there's soldiers on the on the these dancers who are dressed as soldiers, but these guys, unlike past type of uh, soldiers, are look more like terrorists. They look like some sort of, you know, they look like you would say ISIS or something like this. And he goes through a very long rap. You know, there's these guys, the new rappers all seem like munchkins or leprechauns. They're all under five foot tall. And they rap really quickly. They talk really quickly. Who is this guy? The words blend together. His name's Pockets of the Future on YouTube. And hard to listen to. And then after that first phase of the performance is done, these words come out. It's just, this is a satire by Kendrick Lamar. And you know it's going to be good because they have to do some damage control. Like, I mean, not good in the sense that it's going to be horrible, but it's going to try. So this guy drones on and on and on. The first comment on his YouTube channel is, get a life, bro. Get off the Internet. Fall in love. Travel a bit. Eat a croissant. Do something with your life and hop off Kendrick's scrotes. <laughs> <laughs> Boom roasted. Boom roasted is indeed the answer. All right, I'll just try to explain Gaga. Not that I'm a spokesman for Lady Gaga or any white music. Gaga, her backstory is that she was a great hook writer back in the day. And that she was really good at writing a good pop hook. And she finally was able to break out as a performer and get out there on her own and create this persona. But at her peak, which was, what, almost 10 years ago now? Yeah. Okay. Her whole game was the most outrageous costumes and outfits you could create. The meat suit. Remember she wore that? Exactly. And I'll never forget the family guy with Peter Griffin when he pretended to be his manager, her manager, saying, all right, fella, I'm not going to let anyone get a good look at you, all right? Zing, zang, zoom. You're not going to get a straight look at her. Who is she? What is this? You know? And he was trying to lay it out like that. She's apparently talented. And she does have some songs that I think have some great hooks to them. Perfect Illusion, I think, is a great song with a great hook. I know. The only song I know, Poker Face. That's it. Okay. I'm not sure if she has talent or not. I just see her and go, what is she doing? Is she attractive? 
kind of, sort of, maybe, almost. In the right light, it all depends. You don't like this song, Perfect Illusion? I don't think I've ever heard this song. They played the wheels off this thing last year when it was big. See, I don't think I listen to the stations that play Gaga. There we go. Here we go. Here's the big hook. Ready? Okay. You know. Now, is she is she is she this generation's Madonna? Yes, I would say that would be the probably that'd be the best comp right there. Okay. I think she's more talented singing wise. I think most people would say she is more talented singing wise than Madonna, but. Eh. I remember hearing the stuff she did with Tony Bennett, and it was actually pretty good. Yes, was, and that's a that's another big reinvention that she's had. And that's the thing with all of these artists. They've got to reinvent because you're never hot forever. Look at Katy Perry right now. Katy she, Perry is buried. She Her record isn't selling. There's no hits on it. Her music sucks. She cut her hair off. People are done with Katy Perry. They had their fling, and it was great, and I liked her songs, but she hasn't made anything new or good since. So now she's going to reinvent herself and be in Vegas. Is she? I'm just no. I'm just oh. guessing that one. At some point, she'll well, be in Vegas. Yeah, sure. Vegas is a lucrative living. I mean, look at how long Celine Dion has rode that out. And Britney is still in Vegas doing her stupid lip sync show. Over there at Planet Hollywood, which me and my buddy said, oh, we got to go to that. We got to go to that. And then we get there and we're like, tickets are how much? $190? No way. No. If we tried to explain to someone who is 17 now how big Britney Spears was, they would not believe us. Right. Just like Gaga was that big. Yes. Her tours were selling out. Like Katie was big. Like Taylor Swift was big. Swift is still hanging in there, but now she's in this different phase now. Got to explain that one to me, too. Don't okay. get that one. All right, back to sports. Let's just blow through this real quick. We've ha- I've had a fun time, but we're running late here on time, so I let's know. get cracking here. Too All right, intro. questions you wished you had the balls to ask at Media Day this week at the Super Bowl. My question I'd love to ask to Belichick straight up is, Coach, why do you mumble so much? Like, you should really speak up. Nobody can hear you. I'll sit down and listen to your answer. You would ask that question, though. Not now I wouldn't, because guess what? I know that I'm not a young punk. It's not going to propel me to any great career jumps. All I could do is court a visit from the NFL's director of PR going, yeah, come with me. What the hell was that all about? And then my peers would look at me like, hey, one question, Charlie. A tourist question again. Hey, media night was Monday, clown. But no, that's a serious question. I that want him on. I question. want him on record as to why do you mumble like an asshole? You want to say nothing? That's fine, but say nothing loudly and clearly. So that would be my question. Or to Brady. Um, so how many times do you have sex? And is <laughs> is your trainer Alex Guerrero has he improved your sex life? And since you want to play football till forty five. How old do you want to be while you still fuck? Uh-oh. I'll sit down and listen to your answer. Again, all valid questions. Good I would love God. to be there when you ask them. Here's another one. Uh, Doug Peterson. Uh, coach, why do crappy quarterbacks like yourself <laughs> make great coaches. make for better NFL <laughs> coaches than legends? I'll sit down and, and listen offline. <laughs> Next, that was a cheap shot. No, it's not a cheap shot. It's the truth. Get a load of this. The the bad here's all these coaches, all these quarterbacks turned coaches had sub five hundred records as coaches. Bart Starr, Norm Van Brocklin, Otto Graham, Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer. The good ones: Jim Harbaugh, Jason Garrett, Tom Flores, mediocre players. In fact, I don't think I've ever seen Tom Flores throw a pass. I've never seen a highlight of Tom Flores <laughs> doing anything. Exactly. What question would you wish you had the balls to ask somebody, anybody? Nick, Nick Foles, what will you be doing next year? Because you won't be quarterbacking the Eagles. What do you think you'll be doing next year? <laughs> I'll sit down and listen. There you go. Well, you want to ask the quarterback controversy question? Such as, uh, Coach Peterson, if Foles were to win this game, is there a quarterback controversy between him and Wentz going into camp? Because, you know, you some people are already saying that. There you, I, whoever's saying that, they need to be slapped. It's not certain that Wentz will be healthy. Come August 1st. They are hopeful that he'll be ready come the season, but still. Maybe he's all in for week one like RG3. What is his contract situation like? 
they just pay him hourly, I think. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good they, one. They, you know, he's a contract employee. <laughs> I think he's a wage musician, like like a hired saxophonist for a band out in L.A., a studio gig guy. He accrues sick leave. Did you, sick see leave where, did you see where Tom Brady defended his daughter because some dumbass on yes. W-E-E-I yes. called his daughter a pissant after watching yes. the Tom Brady versus Time on Facebook Watch? I did. Thoughts? And this is going to get bigger because I looked up this guy. He's the first, not one of the, he's the first, but he is a uh, openly gay writer. Who is he? He's Alex Reamer, Rima. I, and he's openly uh, gay. Openly gay. Uh-oh. And I said, oh, this is going to, somehow this Uh-oh. is going to come up. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that. Not that there is anything wrong with it, but sort of a kind of protected class. Kind I, of. That's what I said. I think he may be protect, under the shield. <laughs> well, I think he was stupid for saying it because whether or not it's true. By the way, if anyone were to call any of my daughters a piss ant. You punch them. No, I would say you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> But then I would say that's enough from you because it is my daughter. But okay. you're right. My daughter is a pain in the ass. That said, man, I don't put my daughters out on the Internet. Not even close. I try to keep that. I don't think I've ever tweeted a photo of me and my kids. And I'm a low-level radio schlub. Tom Brady's using his kids as part of his money-making vehicle on Facebook. Not Money- that they're fair game. But don't start pearl clutching if somebody somebody in the commentary class gives them a mild rebuke. Same thing for Steph Curry and bringing old Riley Curry up there on his lap. Uh, Bill Burr was on your favorite radio show, Colin Cowherd. And uh, they asked him about his daughter, and he's like, I don't give out names. Have you not seen To Catch a Predator? (laughs) Which is very funny. That was like, Bill Burr, you're right. Yeah. Now, granted... Brady has, I'm sure, lots and lots of security that we don't even know about. Ninjas in the trees around his estate and shadow secret service probably following his kids, right? I'm sure he has, he's got people. Okay. But you're putting your kids in this special. They're kind of on the public stage. I know they're not supposed to be targets, but this was not some extended rant about what a spoiled little brat this kid is. God, is she so annoying. She's the worst. It sounded like just an offhand comment to me. But he took it out, Brady did, on the rest of the station, even though the guy that said it wasn't part of the interview. And he's like a contributor to EEI. I think he writes for their website. Really, writes? Yeah. Damn. And and the guys who did the interview were like, we have already eviscerated this guy, Tom. Would you like to say anything else? And Brady just, like you said, took it out on the uh, rest of the station. Well, to be continued, to be sure. Blake Blake Griffin traded on Monday night. Absolute shocker. And what's best about it is it now renders this soundbite completely wrong. I I can't explain it. You know, we tried, you know. I mean, you know, it's not Blake's fault. It's not Blake's fault. It's not Blake's fault. Jamie Foxx doing Jamie his Fox impression of, <laughs> of of Doc Rivers is now totally wrong because they obviously thought it was his fault. Have you seen the tweet from Matt Barnes, who is a stone cold gangster? I love Matt Barnes. Matt Barnes is, as the kids like to say, about that life. He is about that life. And when he drove three hours to go punch Derek Fisher in the face for dating his ex-wife, uh, Govan, I believe Laura, her name is Gloria. Gl- uh, Laura Govan's a Gloria. There's two Govan sisters. The one who had oh, you know the Shaq, sisters oh, had geez. sex with Shaq while she was engaged to another player. And Laura, I think Laura Go- Laura Govan's is, is Matt Barnes. Laura Govan. Okay, whatever the case, uh, Fisher was all up in that piece, even though you know, and that was the mother of his children. And even though they were separated or divorced. He didn't like it that Fish was all about that, and so he drove to Santa Barbara from L.A. just to f- knock his fucking lights out, which was great. And then, after the incident became public, Matt Barnes tweeted that photo of himself with his sort of GQ clothing staring at the camera down on the ground. You know the photo I'm talking about? I sure do. With the eyes that say, yeah, 
What's up? <laughs> uh, let me. Okay. So here, here, Laura Matt Govins is is Matt Barnes's ex. Laura Govins was married to Gil, was, uh, Gilbert Arenas's baby mama, but supposedly she had sex with, she had sex with Shaq. Oh my and God. broke that up. Look who's been on BlackSportsOnline.com. <laughs> World Star Hip Hop. Right. <laughs> you know all the relationships. I know all the I, ins I and outs. We tried, you know. I mean, you know, it's not Blake's fault. It's not Blake's fault. It's not on Blake. Yeah. It's not all okay, so here's what Matt Barnes tweeted. So you trade this guy after paying him this much money when everyone in the organization and everyone who's played there knows Doc is the problem, tweeted Barnes. SMFH, shaking my fucking head. Cold game. Make sure you pack a jacket, BG. Love, bro. Matt Barnes. Everybody knows Doc Rivers is a terrible coach. Isn't that well known? Doc doesn't know it, apparently. When he, when he signed Austin, that should have been, okay, this guy's terrible. And, and Five every- years, $175 million for Blake Griffin. No, no trade clause. Who's his agent? That's a great question. Wait a minute, did Jerry West, was he there when they did that deal? I don't know. I don't they think did Jerry it just West this offseason. Ooh, it's a Jerry West deal then. Exit question. Has a player ever been so fucked in a trade as uh, good old Blake Griffin? He goes from L.A. to, to Detroit from not a good team, but a decent one, to a shit team in a, well, let's just say less than thriving metropolis. From L.A. to 8 Mile. Nope, <laughs> not happy about that. Got screwed. Okay. All right, no time for Kyrie Irving saying he didn't throw Kevin Love under the bus. We can deal with that next week. Let's get your Super Bowl prediction, then we'll play FTG and get on out of here today. New England by 14. Uh, MVP is Rob Gronkowski. Gronk, catch Gronk. touchdown. Yes. Any side note prediction for the game? Uh, Anything weird happens? Any mm, any arguments on the sidelines? Any fights? Uh, I see nothing. Maybe. How Nick about Holt how about a hurt. how about a brutal how about a brutal reversal that favors the Patriots that no. has everyone that has everyone once again rolling their eyes, going, "God, this team gets every call." No. Let's, let's how about a revisit of the tuck roll. In the oh, first quarter. Shit. Wouldn't that be great? Yes. An absolute carbon copy of the tuck rule. Yes. That would be the only thing I could see, but Patriots by 14. All right. Good fights in the stands with Eagle fans? Oh, Eagle Always fans right. going to be angry. Oh, and Minnesota, too, where they got good liquor? Oh. <laughs> All right. Time to play our favorite weekly game. I'm not a good guy. I'm the guy. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. All right, Jay, who do you got for FTG this week? Okay, this is not a angry, I hate this guy, but I'm like, this guy. Fuck this guy and his luck. Sean McVay. <laughs> Have you seen Sean McVay's girlfriend? I bet she's super smoking hot. <gasps> Sean McVay is the only NFL coach who the players in the locker room said, Dude, your girlfriend's the best. I don't know who she is. I saw she's an Instagram. TMZ.com, Sean McVay's insanely hot GF hits Maui in a bikini. Click, photo loading, photo. Wow! (laughs) Yes! Okay, she is... Spectacular! She's 30% Katie Holmes. She is a young Ashley Judd with the front court of Selma Hayek in her prime. Oh. Brown eyes, unbelievable. To this, Zabin, I'm not saying, fuck that guy. I'm saying, fuck this fuck guy. Fuck that guy. He's uh, got it by the tail right yes, there. Yes, he's winning. All right. My FTG goes to the dummy who yelled during Tiger Woods' putt and messed him up at the, <laughs> at the golf tournament. Take a listen to this. Oops, sorry. Oh, I gotta, I gotta get this uh, quiet here. Hold on a second. Yes, turn it down. Too many things at once. Do, 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 do. <laughs> get him right. out! Get him out! There it is. Hold him out! Come on! Come on! Why don't you give me more volume there, Twitter? Oh, here we go. Sorry. Here it is, right here. <laughs> the 
Rice turned on him. Right, right as he's about to punt. <laughs> Throw him out. Point him out. Uh, enthusiasm, a little premature. So they found the guy, okay? And li- get a load of this golf course tough guy. Get the fuck out of here, man. You didn't know Tiger Woods was putting? Why'd you yell, get in the hole? Why'd you yell, get in the hole? I would leave the premises. I would leave the premises. You're in La Jolla, man. You're about to get your ass beat. Guy. The the ranger or the 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 marshal Jay is saying you gotta wait for him to hit the putt first. I'm sorry, dude. I got what I wanted. I was on TV. I really think you missed the putt because of you. Completely because of you. Make sure now. Get out of here, man. You must make sure you do it right. Other guy, he needs to be punched. Well, and that's why I've got. I got two fuck that guys. First of all, fuck the guy who yelled, get in the hole. I'm tired of golf course yellers, especially ones who prematurely ejaculate their calls and screw up golfers. The second fuck that guy is the golf course tough guys going, you better get out of here, man. You're going to get your ass beat. Nobody's ever gotten their ass beat on a golf course because they yelled something. It just is not the way it works. To which you say. To which I say both of those guys, fuck that guy. Why don't we walk out to this music, Jay? Anything to add as we wrap it up for this week? I wish I had nothing, uh, something to add. I'm looking forward to the Super Bowl. I'm looking to forward to the Super Bowl, uh, the party the night before. That lame piece of crap that the NFL tries to put on. Oh, you mean the NFL Honors Award <laughs> yes, show? I hate that thing. It's oh, that's <laughs> the worst. <laughs> Not a fan, huh? No, that's the worst. How about I would th- rather watch the NHL All-Star game. Oh, wait, that happened. Sorry. <laughs> How about the scripted jokes that they have these players read? And you're oh, like, uh-huh, my goodness. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's like the NBA Awards. Almost as bad as that. What they really need is someone like Norm McDonald who just doesn't give a fuck to come in and do a whole set about these athletes and their money problems and their drug problems. Make everyone really uncomfortable. That would be good. Are you, yeah. I guess you're not going to the uh, NFL honors then. I may. Who knows? I think I got a media pass. Life's rough for me. Jay, good to talk to you. Follow Jay on Twitter at Jay. Jay Cottrell 34. And of course, listen to the Brett Hollander experience. Thank you, Jay. Thank you, Zabe. We'll end with this today quickly because we went long with Jay and I enjoyed every bit of it. Fake Twitter followers. This story blew up over the weekend and on Monday about the number of high-profile celebrities, musicians, athletes, media personnel who had engaged with a firm that was able to provide them with fake Twitter followers for cash. And it was a lot of Twitter followers for not that much cash. In fact, I think one person was found to have bought nearly five hundred thousand followers with about two thousand dollars and it spanned the spectrum of people and personalities everyone from ray lewis who you'd think why would ray lewis need to buy followers number of these people said well i didn't do this my agent did this kathy ireland another one caught buying followers it's an amazing scam the game of twitter accumulating followers getting credibility well how many followers do you have And yet, for Twitter, the game of Twitter is such a, it's ridiculous because you can get fired for one tweet, as we've seen over and over and over again. Nobody ever gets a check from Twitter Incorporated saying, hey, you did a great job providing all this content that our users use and watch and listen to, so we're going to give you a check. You can make money off of Twitter if you're really famous and have a lot, a lot, a lot of followers like Kim Kardashian, and you tweet out certain links for products. But it's just, from that standpoint, the game of Twitter is not worth it. Twitter itself, though, is incredibly useful. Once I heard it described as a microblog, it clicked in my head. I'm like, ah, get it. It's a microblog. That's all it is. It's a tiny blog that doesn't have a lot to tend to, 
And you can get stuff out, a short thought, a link to a story, a photograph, a video. It works for me in that regard. It's also sort of a content collector, a news aggregator. It's a highlight machine. It's convenient. It's great on the shitter. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. But the actual game of Twitter that people play, ridiculous. Most fucked up thing ever. And guess what? It's only going to get worse with the fake bots that are able to create fake followers. As the software, as the artificial intelligence gets better and better, these fake Twitter accounts are going to become almost semi-aware, and they're going to be able to tweet things out that make it almost indistinguishable from real human beings. It's not hard, really. We're right on the verge of it anyway. I'm not trying to freak anyone out. I'm just saying that pretty soon anyone's Twitter following to be used as a credential like hey look at all the people that follow me is going to be made even more irrelevant because you won't be able to distinguish real people from fake twitter people unless you're standing in front of them as they're tweeting something out on their phone that'll do it for today thank you for making my humble zabecast a part of your podcast diet please subscribe on itunes google play and wherever you download your podcast and of course tell five friends and help me make this thing a monster. Email zabe at yahoo.com, Twitter at zabe, topic suggestions, factual corrections, technical feedback, attaboys and go to hells. We like them all. Now get off that phone yourself and go live in the real world, and we'll see you next time. 